Welcome to The Great Conversation, where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas can change the world. One of the uh, prevailing themes with our chief security and, by the way, our CEO community is this idea of being able to deal with the expanded global reach of the risk. The incredible redundancies we built over time in our IT infrastructure, for example, in identities, identity uh, storehouses or warehouses, if you will, proliferating across the enterprise. Um, and we've seen how that can constrain the digital transformation that we're all trying to achieve. Recently, the predictive index said there are three big challenges CEOs are continuing to face over and over. One, they have a disparate remote workforce. Uh, they can't find the right talent and they can't uh, build better operational processes. Something's constraining them. They can't quite figure out what it is and they don't know uh, that it might be actually what they've embedded inside their company um, that's choking them. So as I continue to explore what we're doing as an industry uh, to overcome that, I end up attending many webinars and talking with many people like Dr. Reed Hayes at the University of Florida. And I came across an interesting webinar the other day with Doug Greenwald. Doug is uh, right now in charge of on the ground identity assurance strategy for convergent technologies. And we have him today in the great conversation. Doug, welcome. Ron, thank you so much. Doug, I, I, I'm just fascinated, fascinated, because when someone takes on a role like yours, and it still, we still have not crossed the chasm. Our physical security executives aren't necessarily information management executives. They know their discipline very well. But you're out in the marketplace actually trying to give them a tool that crosses over into the enterprise in a phenomenal way. D discuss for me what you found. Am I legitimate in my preamble to this conversation? Are we constrained by the very infrastructure we've built over time to get us to where we want to go? And tell us, tell it, tell me what you're finding. <laughs> well, uh, it's an incredibly loaded concept, right? Because there's just so many different areas we can kind of go down this path. But I think where I'd like to start, right? When, when I think about, you know, kind of my role and what I'm seeing, you know, I, I focus around, you know, as you said, identity assurance. And to me, that is going to cover a wide range of systems. You've got everything from HR to physical security databases to IT security management, all these disparate databases that house your most critical information surrounding your employees, contractors, and visitors. And so when we think about how that's evolving so quickly is that one, I, I look at how the last year has transpired and so many people went to working remotely and having access to systems from their laptop at home or wherever they, they found work to be taking place. And throughout that process, we saw that there was still a need to bring critical people into facilities and still give them the same level of access rights and be able to manage maybe cohorts or those, you know, kind of critical people coming back to the office. And we found that that process was extraordinarily manual, 
we found that organizations from HR all the way through to the IT security teams, um, they had to collaborate substantially just to figure out how to input these people into different time zones, access levels, and be able to have the, the right privileges to be able to get to the systems and facilities that they still needed to perform, you know, maintenance work or upkeep or, or keep critical infrastructure online. And so through that, we've seen a tremendous shift, right? More cloud adoption, first and foremost, which, you know, we, you know being in the Denver-based uh, area, you know, a, com- a lot of companies were still very happy with and still very invested into on-premise solutions and and we're very you know scared around the cloud so the last year has helped us not only kind of see that a lot of the processes are still very manual and antiquated across a lot of these enterprises but we also saw that um, the shift that was forced to move data away from on-premise to cloud deployments to really help the business be you know nimble and reduced operating costs and and focus on how do they continue to evolve even in the most, you know, in in the face of substantial challenge, especially when things first started to go into lockdown, March, April timeframe last year, you know, nobody knew there was a a tremendous degree of uncertainty. And so that's where I kind of look at, you know, my role is to not only look at how challenges will continue to force companies to adapt to and and change the, the model that they've had for years. But also to think about it from a perspective of how do we eliminate in times of challenges, the roadblocks of having to perform this process in a manual fashion and having to have all these different entities within the business that don't typically have to communicate to this level operate more seamlessly and more on the same page in a way that is, you know, in my opinion, more automated, that it's focused more around, you know, standardization, as well as being able to help the business now have the kind of analytics and data at their fingertips to enable continuous compliance and auditing. You know, the the things in my world, Ron, that really matter is understanding kind of the, the who first and foremost, that identity, but then the what, where, when, why, for how long, and, and authorized by whom, um, that, that really needs to be answered um, when it comes to dealing with security within the, not just the physical, but the, the business as a whole. So this is uh, what I'm hearing, uh, if I distill this down. I'm going to get to the root. We're talking about business optimization, whether it's a business process called physical security or logical security, or it's an operational process, or it's an HR process. We're talking about business optimization. I think the root of what you're saying is how people perform in their roles within that measurable process, whatever tools they're using. What I'm hearing at at the root of this starts with the who the identity management. If we can get the who right, we can start learning how to apply the what, the when, the why, and the how. Did I Exactly get it right. right. You nailed it on the head. I mean, that is absolutely, 
one of the biggest challenges today for a lot of organizations, again, knowing that they've got a variety of different databases with that same who in all of them being either manually or onboarded in an automated fashion um, that they can't answer for those subsequent questions at least easily. Right. And, and what I love about that, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a process optimization guy. So if I can get that process down and I can start managing the metrics associated with that process, I can be, I can have continuous quality improvement. Okay. So I got that. That's central. But also you brought up some great things and I'm kind of interested where you're seeing, what vertical markets you're seeing advancing this first, you know, because there's always enabling verticals that tend to lead the way. And you, you said something really interesting to me. If I can manage all that, then I can also have persistent compliance and continuous audit, right? So that, that, that must mean, are you starting to see the advancement of this and key things like utilities and uh, where, where are you seeing uh, these, most of the market uh, penetration for this kind of uh, workflow? Absolutely great question. So I think I'll start with healthcare. Healthcare was a vertical uh, that was impacted substantially by you know, COVID and overtime and having to share resources now within a hospital system cross hospital. Mm -hmm. where you had nurses and doctors that were having to go and support, um, you know, stand up COVID clinics or uh, wards during the peak of the pandemic, where um, those individuals may not have had historically access to those facilities or those systems on premise at a hospital different from their normal, normal operation. So what ended up happening is a lot of the security and IT teams now had to figure out a faster way of being able to give those people access without them having to carry multiple credentials and having to remember which credential worked for which facility, uh, and then also being provisioned for access onto the terminals that they would use to perform, you know, patient, you know, uh, information gathering. And so when I think about that as kind of being, you know, a, a tremendous catalyst. Now these hospital systems, a lot of them have grown through acquisition over the years, bringing on a new hospital that has a completely different physical security system than the ones that they previously had. Um, databases mapped completely different. You've got, you know, IT systems that are a little bit different, but still managed by the core business. You've got to figure out a way now to take all of those various solutions and get down to a single source of truth so mm. that you can quickly manage the movement of your people now across those different facilities without their experience and their journey to supporting the mission being impacted. Single source of truth. So it, it seems to me if you're gonna do that, I'm, I'm kind of interested if your team, the team you put together could be uh, from your own internal resources or also your external partners, but the team you put together are, is your first step to try to work with the customer to describe these workflows? Is that what you do first? It absolutely is. If we don't, I would even take a step back before we even get to workflows, we have to identify what is the core business challenge? right? Is it simply 
that you don't have kind of that single source of truth? Or are there other areas like having users carry multiple credentials? Or do you have significant identity duplication issues because you have so many different systems not communicating to each other, not validating that that person is still you know, authorized to be within the organization? Um, or simply that you still have a very manual process where, for example, HR has to email IT to onboard somebody, email a facility and have a guard manually enter somebody into an access control system. All of these things take time. All of these things rely and are susceptible to human error. And so as a result of that, we have to understand what those core challenges around those identities are first. Then we can take that core challenge and figure out what's your workflow today and where in the process can we now start to eliminate manual data entry? Where can we eliminate other databases that could be providing conflicting information and bring it all into, and again, really at the end of the day, my goal is to give organizations a single source of truth that can now automate most of the hire to retire life cycle so that you've got the ability to be more nimble, to give people access more quickly when they need it, when they travel, when they're needed at a different hospital because of an emergency, right? And that's where we saw a huge catalyst last year within the healthcare segment. So very interesting. So I would imagine what you're really trying to do is help your client achieve a certain amount of as-is intelligence on what the business process today is costing them, both in their outcomes, in their risk, and in their um, in their labor, uh, and in the missed opportunities. Do you, does your team calculate that cost for them so they can get to the value proposition to their business? We absolutely have to, right? Because now we're talking about solutions. Now, now we're a physical security company from a convergent perspective, but our role is so critical to that kind of life cycle of that identity that we absolutely have to be able to convey that type of information to other business units that take that data as the gold standard if they're going to be able to get budget or if they're going to be able to have change management, then in some cases, these solutions require pretty substantial changes to the methodology in which people are onboarded, offboarded, and managed within the facilities, within the organization. So yes, uh, that was kind of the longer answer, but absolutely. If we can demonstrate, and all of it is based in data, right? We, we, you know, some, there, there are always going to be some intangibles, but once we get a high level understanding based on other you know, businesses, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter the vertical. As long as you can understand what the core challenges are, it ends up being fairly universal, the impact, regardless if you're you know, healthcare, manufacturing or technology, everybody ends up having the same level of impact if they've got these challenges in place. Well, if you can help them give the predictive through a cost and time analysis, then I would imagine once deployed, 
you now have dashboards that do the same. You have real-time reporting both on um, what has occurred and, uh, and, and, and the risks you've mitigated, and, uh, and you can adapt and continuously improve over time. It's, it's that in addition to now having kind of that, you know, and, and I don't like to necessarily throw out buzzwords because there's, there's always underlying, you know, code and, and things that you're looking for. But when you think about how AI and machine learning should work from that is you also want to be able to identify anomalies across those data sets. You want to be able to provide remediation recommendations to team members that are not versed in being able to solve problematic code or issues that are surfaced underlying from a technology perspective. You want it to be user-friendly. You want it to move away from the reactionary part that has always historically been a security challenge and be more proactive in being able to address those actionable alerts across now all of these disparate data sources. You know, it's really interesting. You, you, you and I have been in this industry for quite some time. We've seen the evolution of the risk, evolution of uh, the business intersection with security. And uh, we've also seen the constraints. Um, are we at a point now, to, and, and, and tell me the how, are we at the point now where we can assure um, the CSO and his business counterparts, that we aren't giving them a bunch of spaghetti code that's going to be a nightmare to manage over time. Are we at the point where we truly do have more of a um, streamlined implementation on something like this, uh, and as well as uh, you're better able to maintain it over time? So uh, I think you're delivering the question more nicely than, than I normally talk about it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the challenges in, in identity management um, have absolutely been spaghetti code put together from kind of the infancy, you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, till just probably in the last couple of years, everything was completely customized. And I think that's where, you know, PIAM solutions, physical identity and access management, solutions were so difficult to comprehend and why so many people, especially, you know, during the 20 teens, you know, there, there was progress in that space. Well-known names and brands were really, you know, promoting and trying to drive change in that space, but couldn't convey not just the value proposition, but really couldn't even convey how it was built and what did you get out of the box? And where could you grow and solve other business challenges? At the end of the day, the solutions were so customizable that it really came to the customer as a blank slate. And the solutions got so overbuilt and overthought and had so many stakeholders with their fingers into it that many of them died. Many of them became two, three-year projects that had exorbitant spending and never ended up solving a problem. And the customer walked away saying, this isn't doing anything for me anymore. It would have been more cost-effective for me to unify my systems through on-premise uh, hardware and software upgrades or rip and replaces than it would have to go down this path of trying to software patch and piece together uh, a solution. And so what's happened here in the last probably two years of development is that you have newer solutions now challenging those legacy providers that are now coming to us with, you know, out of the box 
solutions, but clear and identifiable business outcomes, then processes that can be achieved without having to go through this, you know, tremendous undertaking of tell us what you want and we'll build it. No, we're going to tell you what we've historically seen being needed. And if you can check the box, even of just one of these four or five criteria, you are a candidate. And here, now we can start to build out those workflows that conversely, going back to what we just talked about, we can address those cost impacts, the risk score and identify ROI and labor reduction requirements surrounding that to get you to an end state that actually provides low time to value, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing. We can't take two or three years now for these solutions. We need more immediate results. We need six months or less, especially at the price tag that these solutions are commanding. We've got to be able to implement them in, in a shorter time frame, and then be able to give the business now clear roadmap to how they ebb and flow and grow within this system. Doug, uh, one of the challenges of the industry as well, again, helping your client achieve this. Uh, so this isn't, um, you know, th this is all about helping the customer quantify the value. And, you know, I'm seeing, I just posted this on LinkedIn. I'm seeing um, we're still struggling over TCO versus ROI and, you know, um, uh, some form of on-premise uh, version of the contracting vehicle mixed in with a as-a-service model. What do you believe is the right way to justify the expenditure these days? Would it be, would it be a, some combination of TCO and ROI or ROIC or whatever? What, what, what are you seeing these days? What, what would be your advice in, his, in, in the CSO's discussion with the CFO? So it, it does require both of those you know, TCO and ROI to be able to understand if a business should invest, right? I can't just look at their return on investment because over the long term, the total cost of ownership may outweigh those you know, within, you know, two, three years. And conversely, right, I may spend less up front, but then find out I need to add more headcount to be able to manage it. My ROI now has eliminated the reason for implementing the solution in the first place. So I, I, there's absolutely a combination of the two things that have to be accounted for, calculated, and discussed throughout the entire, you know, business outcome mapping and, and workflow process. So, yeah. When you're, you know, it's, it's so funny in my discussion with one of the CISOs of a major hospital, he didn't even bring up TCO or ROI. Uh, his whole idea was the hospital needed to be more competitive. So he had to go through and think differently around digital transformation. So are you seeing that kind of language being used by CSOs? That is, I've got to do something different and better here to help my company be more competitive? Are you, are, are you seeing that, especially by federating ID, basically? You, you took it right out of my mouth because that was going to be the next segue. TCO and ROI are not indicative as much anymore of that competitive space, right? If the employee journey is cumbersome, if people are spending more time doing manual tasks that take away from their day-to-day -day responsibilities. We think about security, right? We want them 
to be proactive. We want them to be working on projects that are going to continue to maintain safety, responsibility, uh, you know, business continuity planning. We don't want them to have to be just manually entering identities or managing if somebody should be in one place when they're in another, right? That's not necessarily their role at the end of the day when we think about the reason for the spend. So to your point, absolutely. How do we improve the employee, contractor, and visitor journey when they come to our facilities? It's seamless. Do they feel welcome? Is it easy for them to go to another facility where they're needed without having to go through a cumbersome onboarding process when they arrive? All of those things play into the idea of not just being competitive, but being you know, uh, kind of um, intuitive and transformative to what we as employees want to have. And that's a great experience when we go to work. And that's why this is a great conversation. What we just heard is an industry that was focused on uh, keeping the wrong people out, keeping bad things from happening and returning to normal as much as possible, as quickly as possible, is now crossing over into the customer, the supplier, the company experience, um, and uh, an experience that will help them remain competitive, profitable, and viable into the future. Thank you, Doug Greenwald, for bringing us up to speed on a very important journey for this industry. Ron, it was my pleasure, and thank you for having me today.